blessed today. I'm just so blessed. And God is just so good to us. And the presence of God is just continually growing in this place. I'm just really excited at what's going to happen. I've got a word of the Lord that I'm just going to release at the end. Just really encouraging word of the Lord. Uh, four things that he told me that he's going to do in this season. And I'm just going to, I'm going to share that with us. So, so I, I'm going to just share a message real quick called Stand in Your Hope. Stand in Your Hope. See, we, we have to get to a place that we have to know who it is that we believed in. We have to make sure that we're not saying, well, I've believed in my pastor's Jesus. I've believed in my Sunday, school's teacher, my Sunday school teacher's Jesus. I've believed in my boss's Jesus or my mother's or my grandmother's Jesus or my father's Jesus. No, you have to stand in your hope. You have to know who you've believed in. And in moments like these, it's really important that we stand in our hope, our hope. We have had a hope in Jesus. We've had a hope in the gospel. We've had a hope in the promise of salvation and the power of the cross. So let's just turn, if you want to turn with me, please, to the book of Romans in chapter 8. Romans in chapter 8. And I'm going to read from verse 10. Romans chapter 8, verse 10. And if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin. But the spirit is life because of righteousness. Now, this body... See, th this is a big misconception that a lot of people that call themselves Christians don't understand. We really need to understand that if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And we know that that looks like a second chance. We know that that looks like God renewing us and giving us a new lease of hope in him. But a lot of us, out of mere convenience, don't pay attention to the fact that we are now no longer our own. We are now no longer our own master. We are now no longer our own God or our own captain. We are bought with a price. And that means that we are bondservants to the king. Now, he is a father in a family context, but he's also God king, ruler of the universe in the other context. And they're, they're married. It's all through the same filter. But it's really important that we don't just choose the parts we like and pretend we don't see the other parts that actually maybe challenge us a little bit. And it's so important that we see here that while we are now dead because of sin, our spirit, uh, sorry, while we are dead, our bodies are dead because of sin, our spirits are alive because of righteousness. Now, righteousness looks like this. God's righteousness means God's perfection put on us. Now, let me just give you a picture of what that looks like because it's so important to understand that we, we hear these Christian words, these, these scriptural words, and it's become so embedded in the culture that we lose the potency of what they mean. If I could paint a picture of you standing in front of God and the Father is getting ready to look at you and you know that there's things in your life that just aren't perfect and aren't right and you try your hardest, but you just fall short and you don't quite get everything right. And you think about all the things that even though you've confessed them to Jesus and they've been forgiven and washed clean, there's still that imperfection about you. There's still that part of you that veers towards doing wrong. And you can just see the head of the Father turning to look at you. And right as he's getting ready to turn to look at you, Jesus stands in front of you. And so when the Father looks at you, he sees Jesus. He sees Jesus' perfection when he looks at you. That's what 
God's righteousness on us looks like. That when God looks at you, he's looking through the filter of the perfection and the holiness of Jesus. So we are the righteousness of Christ. We're not our own righteousness. Because I don't know about you, but I'm not good enough to be perfect. Amen? So, so let's keep reading this. Verse 10. Uh, and I'm going to start again. And if, if Christ is in you, can you say that Christ is in you? If you can't, you can, you can know Jesus today. You can have perfect forgiveness, perfect relationship with God. If you just say, Jesus, I don't really know a lot about you. I've maybe heard about you, but I don't know how this works. But I know that my heart, in my heart that I've done wrong and there's things in my life I'm guilty about. I know that, that I've, I've done wicked things and I've thought wicked things and I've tried to be a good person, but I know in my heart that, that I'm not right and I'm tormented by things that have happened in my life and I just know that there's something unclean about me. Even though I'd never let that out my mouth, I know it. And so if that's the case for you, you can literally just call out to God and say, Jesus, would you please make yourself known to me? Would you please make yourself real? I want to know you. If you're there, I want to know who you are. Would you come and save me from the consequences of my sin? And I, I've heard that you came and you died so that I could go free. But I would have to accept that. And, I, and right now, Jesus, I choose to accept your sacrifice on the cross so that I could have your perfect perfection, your holiness, and your forgiveness. That I would go uh, white as snow, clean, forgiven. And if that's, if that's you praying that right now, if you just inbox us as a church or put a message in the comments below, we'd love to be able to get in touch with you. Just Here's the, here's the awesome part. Everything that I am, Jesus which I feel like I don't have much to offer for everything that you are. And I become part of the family of God. But in doing so, I'll live for you for the rest of my life. So if you've done that, please just let us know. We'd love to be able to explain what's happened. I don't want this uh, live streaming to go out without you having an opportunity to know who Jesus is. Because I'm telling you, you will walk from having such torment and such insecurity and such loneliness and, and, and shame and pain in your life to having so much peace and joy and so much comfort and security. It's just mind-blowing. And I, I really encourage you, Jesus is what you've been seeking all your... Jesus is the person you've been seeking your whole life. You've tried to fill it with so many things. You've, you, you've tried sex. You've tried drinking. You've tried partying. You've tried working hard and being successful. You've tried becoming an influencer. You've tried climbing ladders and doing different things. You've tried adventure and travel. And none of it has fulfilled your heart. Jesus is the one you've been looking for. And I would just encourage you so much just to stop and just have a, have a talk with God. Even if it's really strange and you've never done that before and you feel like you're talking to yourself, He's there listening. And He wants to know you, not as some, some scary judge or an angry God, but as a loving Father. He wants to have relationship with you where you would know Him as a friend. So I just encourage you to do that. And we're going to carry on reading right now, but I wanted to just stop and... And share that with somebody today. And I just know that God's going to change your life. And you are going to never look back from this moment. But let's keep reading. Um, that I'll start again in verse 10. Here we go. We'll just start again. And if Christ is in you. Now you know that Christ is in you if you prayed that prayer. The body is dead because of sin. Okay. See this body here. This body is like a rental car. The real Andrew is a living spirit inside of this body. And this body is going to die. Okay, every one of us is not getting out of here alive. There's not one person that's somehow never going to die. We're all dying at some point. 
And that's something that people don't like talking about, but it's a fact. It's just a real fact. And so, so we have to understand that the body is dead or it's dying because of sin. But the spirit, the real me, is, is life because of righteousness, because of everything that God has done has now been put on me. Now watch this, verse 11. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. Come on, somebody. Who, is, who raised Jesus from the dead? Father God, King of the universe, Almighty God, Everlasting Father. So if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, how could God, who made everything, dwell in you? Well, here it's like this. The day that you said, Jesus, I see that I'm a sinner and I've done wrong things, and I see that you are truly God and that you came and died on a cross to save me, would you come into my life and be Lord of my life? He came into your life. That's the, the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwelling in you. <laughs> Come on. <clears throat> he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies. See, the body's dying, but now you have the king of heaven living on the inside and that king of heaven is now able to give life to your mortal bodies. See, a mortal body is a body that's not going to live forever. But Jesus, here, now in, in verse 11, is going to give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. So the, so the spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in us, God. When it says the spirit, it's talking about the person of God. Like, I have a spirit, God has a spirit. And God's spirit dwells in me. See, you know, well, you, I, when I was little, I invited Jesus into my heart. Exactly. You invited the king of heaven to dwell in your being. And that king of heaven, we call him Jesus and Father God, his father, uh, in you, you are now bought with a price and you are rescued from a lost eternity. You're rescued from what people call hell. And you are, you are adopted into the family of God. But in doing so, you now come under a different law because now you're not under the law of sin and death, but you're under the law of resurrection power. And resurrection power is when the power and the life of God is able to bring healing and deliverance and dominion over sickness and death. Come on, somebody. This is why we preach that we're not afraid. We're not afraid. We're not just giving some strong statement out there. We're not just giving some, some macho kind of motto and logo and slogan we're actually convinced that the spirit that raised jesus from the dead lives in us therefore we're under resurrection power we're not under sin sickness and disease and death does this make sense come on somebody i'm i'm, I'm fired up right now i'm pumped up so let's keep reading i'm going to read now from verse 12 therefore brethren or brothers and sisters we are debtors not to the flesh or not to the carnal part of our old lives okay so we're not we're not indebted to that anymore to live according to the flesh verse 13 for if you live according to the flesh you will die that's talking eternally that's not just talking your body now that's talking your spirit but if by the spirit you put to death the deeds of the of the body you will live eternal hope for as many as one of my favorite scriptures i have lots of favorite scriptures i mean technically all the scriptures should be our favorites right even the ones that challenge us Verse 14, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Come on, if we let God lead us, 
See, I was talking before about how people are really independent and we just think we can choose whatever we want. We're the captain and commander of our own lives. No, you've been bought with a price now. See, if you, if you choose to be submitted to fear, what you're saying is, God, actually, I'm going to submit to another God right now called fear. You're not big enough to rescue me and deliver me. So I'm going to take back my submission to you and I'm going to try and sort this out and you can be God to me again in a minute. And in the meantime, I'm going to submit to fear and worry and I'm going to be afraid. See, that's why, I'm, that's why Jesus would often, and even the angels, fear not. Jesus said, fear not, for I am with you, even to the end of the age. What are you saying? To the end of the world, I'm going to be with you. You don't need to be afraid. You can be completely submitted to God. So for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. We're the sons of God, which means now we don't get to choose with our own opinion. See, we have a problem in our generation. Our generation believes that opinions are powerful. Our generation believes that intellectualism is powerful. Our generation believes that gathering all the news and making an educated guess is powerful. And to some degree, those have valid points. But the problem is, is that's not being led by the Spirit of God. That's being led by your own intellectual comfort and making decisions and actually not letting God be God. See, a lot of the times God's instructions will go contrary to what the world's popular opinion and the world's intellectual reports are saying. And so a lot of time people being led by the Spirit of God are looked like crazy people to everyone else because we're listening to a different report. We're not looking through our opinions or our comfort or our filter or by my experience, we're actually saying, no, the Spirit of God is going to lead me in this moment and I'm going to listen to Him, even if everyone else is saying something else. You've got to remember, wide is the road that leads to destruction and narrow is the road that leads to life and few there be that find it. And you have to let God's Spirit lead you. That means, you know, be still and know that I'm God. Hey, everything's going to be okay. Why are you afraid? Why are you waking me up? Why didn't you speak peace to the storm? Come on, somebody. I'm speaking to somebody tonight, today, this afternoon, this morning, wherever you are in the world. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. So what he's saying is, if you want to know what a son of God looks like, you'll find someone that's actually led by the Spirit of God, not navigating with their own opinions, intellect, uh, fears, popular reports, news reports, humanism. So, so if you want to find a son of God, you're going to find someone that actually is looking fear in the eye and saying, I don't believe you because I'm submitted to my father. Does this make sense? And I understand that some of us are watching this are struggling with fear, but I'm inviting you higher. Okay? And if you want to have a scripture about that, Jesus actually was with his guys. And there was a, there was a young boy, and he was demon-possessed. And the demon was trying to throw the boy in the fire and then drown him in the water at various times. And the disciples went up to the boy, and they said to the boy, you know, they tried talking to the demon, you come out of him, and they used all of the things that Jesus had said. They used all the language. They were copying the formula, right? And nothing happened. The demon didn't come out. And then, you know, then Jesus came up and he cast the demon out with a word, the Bible says. He just, hey, get out, right? And the, and the disciples marveled. And Jesus said to them, oh, you of little faith, how long shall I be with you? In other words, he's like, I'm showing you what this looks like. This isn't about me coming down to your level of faith. This is about you coming up to my level of faith. 
And the problem we've got is we've got Christians with humanism saying, well, everyone's got their own place in the world and everyone, yeah, but there is only one truth. And there's only one true faith. And the true faith that has once and, all been once and for all been contended for has now been delivered to the saints and we are called to conform to the image of Christ, not make allowances for low-level belief. And I'm telling you, even if you feel like, well, I've got small faith, God, Jesus even said, well, if you would just trust me and know that it's my power, my righteousness, and my will to do this, if you have the faith the size of a mustard seed, it's going to happen. But you just have to get determined. You have to get determined that God really is God and he can deliver you from anything. Come on, somebody. He can deliver you from anything. That's why we read Psalms 91 a couple of weeks ago. Go read it again. It'll comfort you. So I hope someone's getting blessed right now. We're going to keep reading. We just read verse 14. Verse 15. And you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear. <laughs> you watching this? You did not receive the spirit of bondage again to submit again to fear. But you received the spirit of adoption by whom we, we cry out, Abba, which means Daddy, Father. Verse 16. Did you guys just catch that? You did not receive the spirit of bondage. See, the problem is, is we're walking, yay, just soaking in the presence of God, loving the presence of God, getting touched by God in church, going to church. And then all of a sudden, a, a catastrophe crisis hits the world. And everyone says, oh, no, it's time to fear again. No, no, no. We can't be seasonal, fair-weather Christians. We need to be sons and daughters of God that truly believe God in the good days and in the bad days. Paul said it like this. I have learned to be abased with nothing. I've learned to be impoverished. I've also learned to be very blessed, prosperous, and abundant. But in all things, I'm going to worship, praise, and submit to God. Come on, somebody. We're called to be people that walk with God at all times and, and don't resubmit ourselves to fear. Is someone with me? And if you're struggling with this, we're not here to condemn you. We are here to encourage you to put your trust in Jesus and you will walk through this unharmed. And if there are people in, that are watching this that have been affected by this virus or by the economy, I'm here to tell you that Jesus will rescue you from the pit. Get your eyes off the storm and look at Jesus for healing because Jesus can heal you. Jesus can deliver you. Jesus can provide for you. He will provide all your needs, but we've got to get our eyes off the fear. We've got to get our eyes up because if you're if you're fixated on fear, you can't function in faith. It's like saying I'm at day and day and night at the same time. You can't. You're either in the day or you're in the night time. You can't have both. So so we did not receive. I just want everyone to get this. We did not receive the spirit of bondage again. That that means you used to be under the bondage of fear. Jesus came and set you free. It's like well you know I'm married to my wife, but I'm not going to go wander back to some old girlfriend. No, no, no. I'm married to one woman, and I'm going to be with one woman for the rest of my life. I'm not here to play around in covenant. Otherwise, I'm in a whole bunch of trouble with God and my wife, okay? So, so I want you to understand that you aren't called to say, well, I'm with Jesus, and then I'm going to go and romance with fear. Are you with me? We're called, we don't, we, we weren't, we weren't, yeah, let's just read it again because I'm getting all tongue twisted. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, being submitted bond. Uh, uh, bound to fear, but you receive the spirit of adoption. So, so when a child that's in an orphanage gets adopted, that child now actually inherits all of the wealth, the blessing, the breakthrough, and the ble uh, uh, the privileges of that family. So you you've just divorced fear, and you've come into the kingdom of heaven. Is there any fear in heaven? No. Is there sickness in heaven? No. Is there is there calamity in heaven? No. Is there economic crisis in heaven? 
No. Okay, good. We've been adopted into the kingdom of heaven. We are not called to now be bound again to fear. We can walk in perfect peace. Come on, somebody. And the, and the Spirit, verse 16, and the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Come on, you're a child of God. You are God's son. You're God's daughter. You can have peace and rest in that. Verse 17, and if children, then we are heirs, like an, like an inheritance, an heir. I'm an heir. I know my accent can sometimes throw that off, but we're an heir. We're, we're an inheritor. Heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. He didn't just say, oh, you guys are subsidiary heirs. You are joint heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. Come on, isn't this, isn't this encouraging? I'm just getting really encouraged right now watching this. Sorry, reading this. You're watching this. I'm reading this. <laughs> so, so real quickly, I don't want to go too much longer because we've already been having such a wonderful time together. I'm just still so blessed by worship. I don't know about you, but I'm going to go back and watch worship again. And by the way, please share this to your page. Come on, just share this. Someone needs to hear this message of hope today. Okay? If, if you want to, I want to just read through Isaiah chapter 61. This is what Jesus said when he came out of the wilderness after being baptized by John the Baptist, his cousin, going into the wilderness, being tempted by the devil, fasting for 40 days. And then he comes out and he starts preaching this. I want to, let's read it. Let's go to Isaiah chapter 61. Isaiah chapter 61. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Come on, someone say, is upon me. Because that's for everyone now. You're a joint heir, remember? So this isn't just talking about Jesus anymore, singular. It's now we, family, us. The Spirit of the Lord is upon us. Because he has anointed us to preach good tidings or good news to the poor. Not agree with them. Preach hope, deliverance, breakthrough, salvation. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. Come on, somebody. While we are there to comfort, while we are there to sympathize and empathize, we are not there to keep people in places of bondage and, and disheartenment. We're called to preach hope and deliverance and breakthrough. To proclaim liberty or freedom to captives. Not there and sympathize with captives and look at people in prisons. We're called to, to preach and declare freedom, breakthrough, liberty, to captives, and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Can we just stop for a moment? 2020 is the acceptable year of God, the acceptable year for breakthrough, for salvation, for deliverance, the acceptable year for the gospel to touch your territory, your city, like it's never touched it before. We are in prime time, front row seats for the gospel to have its finest moment right now. Because the world is, has the attention of fear. And I'm telling you, when, there, when fear has attention, there is no deliverer like hope. There is no deliverer like salvation. There's no deliverer like breakthrough. When fear has gripped the world, it's time for the sons and daughters of God to arise. And that's why I'm going after fear so much. Because we can't be deliverers while we're still submitted to fear. And your neighbors, your, your street uh, uh, neighbors, and your community, your friends, the people at work, Maybe, you, maybe you're working in isolation, but the people that are in your sphere, your circle, they need to see hope coming out of us right now like never before. Never before. We need to stand in hope. Come on, somebody. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, verse 2, and the day of vengeance of our God to, to, to comfort all who mourn. God is, going to, God, God is going to have vengeance on what the enemies tried to do to the earth. 
God is going to have a vengeance on the evil that's tried to inflict our cities and our nations and our territories. Amen? To comfort all those who mourn. We're not here to scorn. We're definitely not here to look down on people. Because here's the thing. I'm not saying that, that the whole world needs to have a certain stance. I'm saying the sons and daughters need to have a certain stance. Sons and daughters of heaven need to have a certain stance and a certain posture. And if you're feeling weak and you're new or you've just felt like you've speed, speed wobbled a little bit, get in alongside us. Reach out to us and get strengthened. Listen to messages like this over and over again until you feel a shift in your spirit. Come on, somebody. You need to have the strength of God. It's going to carry you through. It's going to cause you to walk in breakthrough and victory. So, so from that place... The world needs to see the, the, the sons and daughters of God offering healing, deliverance, breakthrough, opening of prison doors, comforting of those who mourn. We can't just be here to, 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 to criticize. That's not, that's not the heart of the kingdom at all. The heart of the kingdom is that we strengthen ourselves, we stand in our faith, and we start to distribute the healing balm of Gilead everywhere we go. We start to dist distribute breakthrough. Come on, everywhere we go, we start bringing hope. Like you remember the story I shared this, this last week about that little girl, Abby, who was hit by the car and everyone around her. It was actually funny. I didn't share a little part of that story. All the mums that were watching, uh, they, they were all looking like, you know, they were at a funeral and they were, the, the little girl was looking at their faces. She was like, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. I don't want to die. And I started praying in tongues. This is the part I didn't tell you. I said, And I'm doing it right in the middle of the street in a nation where people don't respect God very much. And one of the mothers was really, really bitter, and she looked at me, she said, what are you doing? I said, I'm praying in tongues to my king, what are you doing? Because she had nothing to offer, and I had everything to offer. And it's not, a, it's not a arrogant statement, it's just a fact. See, you have everything to offer. You have the king of kings in, inside of you. And when that little girl looked at me, I said, little girl, you're going to live. You're going to be okay. And I watched that peace come over her face. See, we are called to be ministers or administers, like a doctor. A doctor administers medicine. We are ministers of the gospel. We bring the ministry of the perfect finished work of Jesus and the healing power of the cross to those that are in distress. And we can't be attached to that if we're going to walk in complete authority. Come on, somebody. Listen, the weakest believer, the person that's having the roughest day, if you just choose right now to say, Jesus is my king, and I can do all things because with God all things, is all things are possible, and without God all things are impossible. Jesus said with man all things are, this is not possible, but with God all things are possible, right? And in the same way, in the natural, or you might be saying, well, man, you're really harsh, you're too hardcore. No, I'm not. I've just watched the God that can do all things. With God, all things are, are, are possible. All things are impossible. Uh, uh, sorry, I keep messing it up. All things are possible with God. And if we just start to really believe that, you're going to watch confidence start to rise. It's not arrogance. It's not. You just want, This is a prime moment for you to watch God prove himself. To watch him prove himself to you. To watch him prove himself to those around you. This is a prime time now where so many people are looking for hope and security. And if they see the God of heaven, the God of hope coming out of you, I'm telling you, this is more than just healing people out of sick beds. This is, more than, this is way more than that. This is about gathering souls into the kingdom of heaven. This is, what we, this is the hour we are really in. Jesus said, look up, the harvest is white. Pray, that the Lord of, pray to the Lord of the harvest that he would send more laborers. And guess what? You're a laborer and I'm a laborer and it's time we get busy. And if we're fixated with the crisis, 
how it's going to affect us personally, we'll never touch the harvest. But if we come up above that and start to walk on water in this season, I understand. You have to understand, Jesus was not oblivious to the crisis. He was walking on the waves that were terrifying the seasoned sailors. Okay, Peter started walking on those same waves. But when he stopped walking and looking at, so when he stopped paying attention to Jesus and he started looking at the crisis, the waves around him, he began to get swallowed into the crisis that he was walking on top of. And we have been called to walk on top of this crisis. Come on, in Jesus' name. Okay, let's keep reading. I'm going to keep reading here. To console those who mourn in Zion and to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning. See, this is maybe not works. Maybe it's not politically correct that you're full of joy while other people are hurting. Now, hang on a minute. That's your intellectualism and your humanism kicking in. And actually, the Bible here tells me, instructs me, commands me that I should be walking in the oil of joy and giving people joy when they're in a place of mourning. That's heaven's answer. That's heaven's answer to the pain. That the 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 joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy of the Lord is your strength. And if we walk in joy, I'm telling you, you're going to walk above the waves. And the people around you that have nothing, they're hopeless, they're, they're hurting, they're terrified, they need to see the joy of the Lord on the inside of you. And more than that, they need to see the joy of the Lord in you get on them because it's going to change their lives. The oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for, in exchange for, the spirit of heaviness. Oh, I'm just so upset, I'm so depressed about this virus. Hey, you know what your answer is? Start praising the king. You start praising the king, something contagious, better, far more contagious than coronavirus is, is available. And it's called the presence of God, the person of God, the healing power of God. Let's get the contagiousness of the goodness of God in us and through us. Come on, somebody. Listen, the world understands that you can't transmit coronavirus unless you got it. And I'm here to tell you, you can't transmit God and the peace of God and the joy of God unless you have him. Come on, somebody getting excited come on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness that they may that's us may be called the trees of righteousness the planting of the lord that he may be glorified and they shall rebuild the old ruins and they shall raise up the former desolations i'm here to tell you that right now across the entire planet there's ruins and desolations happening economically and in health. And guess what? We are called to rebuild. We're not called to be plundered. We're called to plunder. We're not called to be destroyed. We're called to rebuild. Come on, somebody. They, they shall raise up the former desolations. Watch this. And they shall repair the ruined cities. I'm telling you, it's time for sons and daughters of God to arise. Because there is a job to be done. And if we do it well, the king will get glorified and lost sons and daughters will meet their long lost father. This is what it's all about. It's all about this. It's not time for us to be panicking. Look, you're already under the shadow of the Almighty if you're trusting God. You already have the spirit of, of him who raised Christ Jesus from the dead on the inside of you. You can rest and stand in this moment knowing that this thing has no authority over you. And those around you, even in your family, maybe they go to church. Maybe they've been touched by this thing. I'm not here to say that they don't love God. They don't know God. But I am here to say that you have hope and you have power and you have the joy and you have the garment of praise that is the, is the remedy, the answer to every issue, both health-wise and financially. Come on, somebody. They shall repair the ruined cities, the desolations of many generations. Strangers shall stand and feed your flocks. And, and the sons of the foreigner shall be your plowman and your vine dresser. 
but you shall be named the priests of the Lord. Come on. You are the priests of God right now. And right now, all the church buildings across the world are closed. And you're called to go out into the world. And while there is, uh, what is it, the social distancing. and you, you don't need that because there's no distance in the spirit. So, so the spirit trumps social distancing. Because we've got spirit distancing. And spirit distancing means we can touch things in the spirit realm. And we can touch things in the natural and cause things to shift. We can cause bodies to be healed. You know, some of these people, they're locked in isolation wards because they've got this virus. You can go in there in the spirit and say, in the name of Jesus, I command this body to be healed. I take authority over sickness. I take authority over disease. I take authority over the viruses. I take authority over finances and, and, cause, and, and things that are causing financial ruin. And I command things to shift in the name of Jesus. See, this is what the voice, the, the world needs. It doesn't need the voice of fear. It needs the voice of faith. So you shall be named the priests of the Lord, and, and they shall be called servants of our God. Come on, not servants of fear, not servants of popular opinion, servants of our God. And you shall eat the riches of the Gentiles. Come on, somebody. I'm telling you, I told you last week, this is a season of plunder. And if we, if we position ourselves right, we're going to walk in plunder. We're going we're to walk in uh, financial breakthrough. And in their glory you shall boast. Instead of your shame, come on, somebody, instead of your shame, you shall get double honor. Instead of confusion, the world's confused right now. The world is confused. They shall, they shall rejoice in their portion. There shall be, sorry, therefore in their land, they shall possess double. Come on, somebody. Is someone listening to this? You shall get double. Everlasting joy shall be theirs. For I, the Lord, love justice. I hate robbery for burnt offering. I will direct their work in truth. Excuse me, and I will make with them an everlasting covenant. Remember, we serve a covenant making and a covenant keeping God. Verse 9 Their descendants shall be known among the Gentiles, or in our generation, the unsaved. Listen. The church for too long has been trying to mimic the world and be popular in the ways that the world has performed and presented itself. But I'm telling you, the world needs to look at a church that rises and starts to be envied by the world, where the world wants to come and say, who is this God that you worship? And why do you live this way? Because you are different, and what you have is better than what we have, and we want it, and we want it now. Come on. Their descendants shall be known among the Gentiles, and their offspring among the people. All who see them shall acknowledge them, that they are the posterity whom the Lord has blessed. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in God, for he has clothed me with the garments of salvation. Come on, somebody. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness. As a bridegroom decks himself with ornaments, and a bride adorns herself with jewels. For as the earth brings forth its bud, and the, earth, and the garden causes things that are sown in it to spring forth, so shall, sorry, so the Lord will cause righteousness and praise to spring forth before all the nations. Come on, I'm telling you, we serve a covenant-keeping God. You can put hope in God. You can take that to the bank. You can take that to the hospital. Doesn't matter where you take that. God is your hope. God is your healer. God is your deliverer. God is your breakthrough. God is your provider. God is the one who can do all things that the world says is impossible. Amen? Can someone say amen to that? Is that encouraging someone today? Because I'm just really enjoying the presence of God here. It's just really beautiful. So let's just... Where did I put my phone? My phone just disappeared. I was picking, holding the wrong one. 
<clears throat> so so there's, there's four things that the Lord has shown me. I'm just going to close with this. We're going to pray for some people. If, if you've been struggling or if you feel like symptoms have been tormenting you, it doesn't matter whether it's corona or anything. Listen, when, when the blood of Jesus went out, it didn't go out for specific sinners. It went out for all sinners. And when Jesus touched and healed people, he didn't just hurt, heal certain kinds of sicknesses. The Bible says he, he healed all that were diseased and afflicted by the enemy. So that means that it doesn't matter what the name of the thing that's been afflicting you, it's getting healed. We believe in a God that heals. Amen? Come on. So, so there's four things that God's been speaking to me in this season. I really want to encourage you. Because it looks like in the natural that even from a point of view of church, the church has been shut down. No, the church hasn't been shut down. The church is getting stronger right now because people are choosing to trust God. People are choosing to put their hope in God. People are choosing to walk and say, you know what, I, I, everything we've been talking today, I see what's happening, but I'm going to choose to really walk with God in this. And I know that God's going to provide for me and take care of me and cause all my needs to be taken care of. I know that sickness cannot touch me. Pestilence and plagues and famines, they will not affect me. I'm going to thrive in the midst of this. And I really feel like the Lord's showing me very, very clearly, and I'm not even going to use the word feel. The Lord's really been showing me that the church, and I know specifically for Dwelling Place OC, but in general, any, any church that wants to walk with God in this way, the church is going to come out of this stronger than ever. Number one, the church is going to come out stronger than ever. As a matter of fact, I'm seeing explosive growth, not transferred growth, explosive growth, salvations, healings, deliverances salvations, healing, deliverances, explosive growth. I see that, you know, I, I'm so excited the first Sunday that we're able to come back together. We're going to have a crazy celebration. But that shouldn't be the goal. The goal is that we see explosive growth, that out of this crisis and this pandemic, that we actually see Jesus lifted up and we see people drawn to him. Jesus said, if you will lift me up, I will draw all men unto myself. And, and that's what we're doing here. We're not just here to have panic management church. We're here to have the king of glory, the hope of heaven, the, the, the message of the gospel lifted up so that the sinner, the unsaved, the pre-believer, whatever you want to call it, finds hope in Jesus and is eternally marked and changed. So number one, we are coming out of this stronger. We are coming out of this with more momentum. The devil tried to shut the church down, and, and the Bible says that when the thief is caught, he must repay seven times. And so as of that, we're coming out of this seven times stronger. We're going to come out of this with seven times more acceleration in salvation, evangelism, and souls. Amen? In Jesus' name. That's number one. Number two, <coughs> this has been a sifting season that's exposing people that have just been faking it and counterfeiting it and living in a lukewarm state. It's demand, It's a season of demanding of choosing sides, whether we're either going to be completely hot for Jesus, where we are completely uh, in the fire, sold out, full on, hardcore you might even say, completely all in for Jesus, or we're going to back up and shrink back and submit again to fear. This is a season of sifting, but I can tell you this, that the Lord's also shown me it's a season where sons and daughters that have posturing, postured and posturing themselves right are going to be raised up. And, and there's, going to be, there's going to be an elevation of discipleship and, a, and an acceleration of people's growth in God as we submit to God in this season. It's a season of acceleration, but it's also a season of sifting. Number three, the Lord showed me this very, very clearly. It's a season of prodigals being called home. Those that have actually departed from the faith, 
that have departed from, from and I'm not, I don't even want to say the church, but they've departed from a relationship with God. Where they, some, there's parents watching this, there's siblings watching this, where, where you have sons and daughters or brothers and sisters that are not walking with God. I'm telling you, you need to increase your prayer life because God is calling the prodigals home in this season. God is calling the prodigals home in this season. Those that knew God once or those that even dabbled in religion and got burnt, I'm telling you, they've been marked. The Bible says, raise a child up in the way they should go when they're young. And when they're old, they will not depart from it. doesn't say that there won't be a straying in the middle. doesn't say there won't be a departure in the middle. But when they're older, they, they will not depart from it. And I really, really know that the Spirit of God is calling prodigals home right now more than ever before. Because the Spirit of God is not willing to give them up. And I just want to partner with you right now to pray for every single prodigal. Father, in the name of Jesus, we send out the gathering angels. We send out your spirit, God. We ask that your spirit would go out and arrest those that once walked with you, once, once had fellowship with you, <clears throat> that had a form of relationship with you, God, and that for whatever reason, whether it was willful or they got burnt or whatever, that they... That they strayed, they distanced themselves, or they rebelled, God. Whatever that is, that doesn't matter. I thank you right now that your spirit is marking those prodigals. You are going out and you are arresting them. And you're not just calling them back to the church. You're calling them back to fiery, hot intimacy with who you are. That they would be the burning ones of this next decade. They would be the burning ones of the 2020s. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Just keep praying for your, for your prodigals. Pray for them, pray for them, pray for them. This is not a season to be judging people. This is not a season to be looking down on those that went a different way or trying to say, I told you so. That's just spiritual arrogance. It's a season to call back the prodigals in the spirit and pray for them and love them back into the kingdom in Jesus' name. And remember, when they come, they get a ring, a robe, and new shoes, and they get a celebration. Come on, somebody. And lastly, the Lord told me, as I've been saying through uh, different parts of this message, that this is a season of financial plunder. If you're in covenant with God, this is not a time where you're going to lose everything like the world's talking about. This is a season where you're going to be catapulted into greater levels of financial breakthrough and strength. I'm telling you, we're not here to promote money, although money is a valuable tool in the kingdom to be able to accelerate the gospel. God doesn't want you living under so much poverty that you can't do anything for him. Come on, somebody. God doesn't want you living in a place of begging. The Bible says in the book of Proverbs that the words of a beggar or a poor man are despised. God, God wants us to actually be so free that we can be blessed to be a blessing to those around us. Can someone say amen to that? So I just, I just really want to, those four things. I'm just going to run through those things again. I've written them down. <clears throat> the, the church is going to emerge stronger. Dwelling place, we're coming out stronger. I see acceleration of growth. I see, look, if you're watching this and this, this has been blessing you and you don't have a place to go to church or you haven't, you haven't been getting help or you've just been away from the church for a season because you just got so burnt by dead religion, look, stay tuning in. Follow the channel. Uh, follow Facebook page on Facebook. Uh, sorry, follow the Dwelling Place page, page, page on Facebook. But when, we, when this quarantine lifts, come and embrace family. Come and embrace community. Come and get strengthened. Come and worship with people that don't care what it looks like. Come and worship with people that are so passionate about God, it doesn't care what people label us. It doesn't matter what, what people want you know, to... You know, honestly, the church has been neutered. It's been made like a eunuch. It's been put into this box where we have to be tame and we have to be seeker-friendly. Listen, I want to be God-friendly. I want to be someone that attracts the presence of God, that God comes and He invades and takes over services. And Look, I'm telling you, you're welcome at Dwelling Place. You're welcome to come and fellowship 
worship with us, to come and get so wrecked by the presence of God. If you've been, if you've been looking for a place where Holy Spirit is not contained, come and check us out. Come and hang out with us. Come and come and fellowship with us. We just want what Jesus wants. Amen. So, so let's just read through this. So, number one, the church is going to emerge stronger than ever before. We're going to we're going to grow. There's going to be an acceleration of growth. Number two, it's a sifting season where counterfeits and frauds in the body are actually getting exposed and pushed aside, and the authentic sons and daughters are going to get raised up and postured for the next season. Number three, prodigals are being called home. And number four, this is a season of financial plunder and breakthrough, a catapult into breakthrough, and 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 economic. Uh, uh, tools are going to be brought into the hands of sons and daughters of God. I'm not trying to impress you. I'm not trying to wow you and charismatically hype you up. I'm just telling you what God's showing me. And, and if you want to believe that, then you get the reward of it. And if you don't, well, then that's up to you. All right. But I'm telling you, you can be encouraged right now. We can stand in our hope. We can walk with God through this season. This is a test we're actually in. Everything that you've ever walked through is a test, whether you know that or not. It's testing you for the next season. And we can walk through this in fear and doubt and unbelief, or we can walk through it with faith. See, I don't want Jesus to turn to me after the quarantine lifts and say, oh, you, Andrew, you have little faith. Why didn't you just trust me? I want Jesus to look at me and say, well done. You did well in the season. And because of that, I'm taking you to the next level. I'm, I'm revealing more of my spirit to you. I'm revealing more of my nature to you. I'm, I'm going to put more of my oil on you and more of my empowerment on you. How about you? I know that's what you want. So let's just disengage with fear and engage with hope. Let's stand in hope. Let's stand in faith. And let's walk through the season well and pass this test. Because I'm telling you, on the other side of this test is blessings for you personally, but blessings where Jesus gets the reward for his sufferings. And that is souls. That is people that are lost connecting with a loving God, a loving Father. So I pray this has blessed you today. Let's just close in prayer. Actually, no, I caught myself. If you have a sickness or a disease that's been affecting you, if, if you've been concerned about symptoms around this disease, we're going to pray for you right now. So just, just lift up your hands in the name of Jesus. I curse every sickness and disease. I curse every infirmity. I curse every form of ailment right now in the name of Jesus. Multiple sclerosis, uh, immune uh, autoimmune issues, uh, heart diseases, cancers, uh, Lyme's disease, like it was called out before, or diabetes, in the name of Jesus, we curse you. Every form, even flus and, and, and colds. I'm telling you, a cold and a flu is just as much of an imposter as cancer. And when we start to understand that, we're going to walk in greater levels of healing, breakthrough, and supernatural health. In the name of Jesus, I cause, I command every form of sickness and infirmity to be cursed and wither up and die in the name of Jesus. I command bodies to be healed from the skin right into every cell of the body. Bones, sinew, ligaments, cartilage, brain tissue, organs. In the name of Jesus, I command healing. We agree right now. As a church, I know we're all praying in tongues. We're all praying in the Holy Ghost. We're all stretching out our hands in faith to agree. And I know that right now in the spirit realm, there is the sound of faith and there is the declaration where sickness and disease has no power anymore. So in the name of Jesus, if you're just lifting up your hand right now, we curse sickness and disease. We curse infirmity. We, cur we curse every form of ailment that's tried to bind you up and we command it to leave and loose now in Jesus' name. I declare peace and healing over you. I declare the breakthrough of God over you. I declare that fear will no longer have a voice. Symptoms will no longer have any kind of outworking or manifestation in the name of Jesus. And I declare the confidence in God over you, that the gift of faith would come upon you. Even if you've been struggling in your faith and you've been, you've been shaky 
feeling the fear, and it's been so intimidating. I declare the gift of faith over you that it would cause you to stand up on your feet and say, I know my God, and I'm persuaded that he will keep me in perfect peace. He will keep me completely free from any form of sickness, disease, and calamity in the name of Jesus. So I bless you today in Jesus' name, and I speak the life of God over you. I bless you right now in Jesus' name. I pray that you would have a wonderful week. Remember, Tuesday night, 7.30. Thursday night, 7.30 Pacific Standard Time. Tune in. We're going to have an awesome time in the presence of God. I love you guys. If you need anything, please inbox the church. We love you. Be blessed.